Yo, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Green Iron Round Table. I'm your boy, Burke. And it's me, Dub. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How you living, dog? I can't call it. Hey, I'm a savage. Hey, that's real. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and that's, that's man, people didn't know. Well, then now they know, like Diggy say, but I can't say the, the whole paraphrase. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yo, chill. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna relax. Yo, we want to tell everybody, don't relax uh, as far as as following us, man. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram at Grid Roundtable. We're on uh, Instagram at The Grid Iron Roundtable. You can find us on Spotify, Castbox, Anchor, Overcast, all that good stuff at The Grid Iron Roundtable, man. So, yo, what's the word, man? Talking running backs today, sir. Yeah, man. The second the, year running backs. The sophomores, man. We ain't freshmen no more. You know what I'm saying? We got a year under our belt. And uh, it's time to get to it, man. It is time to get to it. So we're talking about these second year running backs, man. With the landscape of the running back scene, it's, it's, it's a lot of hype trains going on right now. Way too many. but it's But it's that time of the year. It is that time of the year, man. We are officially in July. Uh, next month will probably be in our first preseason uh, since, what, 2019. So we're actually get a chance to see the rookies play before the season starts. So it is, it is going to be bananas, man. I'm ready. <laughs> like, like Alicia Kay says, if you ask me, I'm ready. Hey, Alicia Keys out here, you know what I'm talking about? Yo, so we got we got them kind of ranked in, you know, their own little group. So we're going to start off with uh, the the no que- the no-brainer uh bounce back campaign. This dude is going to be extra super super nice, man. This is uh Mr. Clyde Edwards Alaire, man. What's the word with him? You know, I I like Clyde you know, 800 yards on the year, um, four TDs. You know, he was hyped up coming out of college as a dual threat back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year was a challenge, you know, freshman year was a challenge year for him, you know, because um, he started out the gates really hot. Remember that? that I think it was a Sunday night or Monday night game on yeah. Houston. On Houston, he dropped 138 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started off the season hot, but then he kind of fizzled out. They started working in some other backs. So it got really sketchy, and they got really pass happy, Pappy. They 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 really did, man. I remember that game when they opened the season against uh, the Texans, and he had like what five goal line carries and got stuffed every time. So that was yes, that was kind of worrisome, man. So so what's the case, man? I mean, of all the second year running backs, why 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 you think he's uh, he, he's a no brainer? Like, yo, this man's gonna be it. Man, that old line, baby. Uh, I I think that old line is getting beefy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just with any, so when you so like we we watch, you know, we ain't just number crunchers, okay? We watches the tape, okay? Because because <laughs> listen, because listen, people. I know the phrases men and women lie, but the numbers don't. But when it comes to fantasy football, the numbers can lie to you. Cause you got to see things with your own eyes. So what I'm saying is they got the O line. Um, 
they were really one dimensional offense and they, and if you know anything, when the Super Bowl comes, they'll pick off that weakness. So definitely people see that O-line is, was weak. It's beefed up. Um, they got to take a little pressure off Patricia. Mm-hmm. Come up, Patricia. So I got this with my little Wayne flow, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm hyped, man. T- tell me how, how you feeling about this. Um, man, I actually made a trade for him earlier in one of my dynasty leagues, one of my mini dynasty leagues. Um, I did a, a big trade where I pretty much swapped Miles Sanders for CEH and uh, in a first round pick. And I'm happy with it, man, because I'm trying to be tied to that KC offense, man, especially in the dynasty format. I'm trying to be tied to that high octane offense in any way I can. So, um, this, this year, you know, it wasn't really the best, and everybody was really hype on him just on what Andy Reid does with running backs. But people also got to remember, just like you pointed out uh, earlier in our podcast, um, there were some games where he had, like, less than 10 carries. I think it was, like, three or something like that. And so – and then he also missed time, and he still put up 800 yards. So imagine, you know, when everything uh, levels out, and the touchdowns come and the production, you know, really stabilizes, he's going to be a very good running back, man. So, and plus, like I said, being tied to that offense and that offense having the chance to score pretty much at will. Yeah. Count me in. That's a no brainer. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I think we'll see an adjustment from Patrick Mahomes because one thing, if you notice in the Super Bowl specifically, but it's, it was a trend all season. Patrick really got in love with the deep ball. Right. And he would sacrifice not going for the check down to throw the deep ball. Um, And, you know, he's even talked about this, um, you know, that areas of his game he's got to improve. And it's just blatant on film. You know, now I'm talking off a gut feeling here. So this this could be off. But I know the caliber of player Patrick Mahomes is. And I'm I'm not a great. I'm not the best at watching tape. I don't, I'm not ever going to claim that, but I do trust my eyes. Mm-hmm. And this is what I saw. And Patrick's a pro, you know, I'm sure he's seeing the same thing. So that's why, I, like, and it was very obvious. That's what happened. So I have a feeling that CEH is really going to pick up a lot of pass work. And he's even, was even doing a lot of that uh, up in this mini camp. There was hype around that. So, Hey, that's why I'm all for it, man. That's why I think he's he's going to have the work. And because you think about it, too, they didn't really have a really big third down RB that they leaned on heavily. You know what I mean? Like most teams have that. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Oh, and side note, Le'Veon threw that slander at Andy Reid. You saw that? Yeah, he's like, yo, I'll retire if I play for Andy Reid again. Man, I thought you was retired the last two years. Look. Le'Veon over here hyping it too. Look, I know this ain't a news section, but Le'Veon, man, <sighs> used to be my guy. Hey, I want hey, a championship with you, Le'Veon. Hey, hey, real quick, look, with Andy Reid and what he does for running backs, if, if Andy Reid can't use you, I don't think this is the, the wisest thing to say that, yo, if Andy Reid can't play – you know what I'm saying? If Andy Reid can't use me, man, then I'm, I'm done. I will, I will not play for anybody. I will quit before I play for Andy Reid, of all people. Dog, if if you can't make it work with Andy Reid, 
I don't think any team is going to make a work with it, especially coming from a reigning uh, Super Bowl team from 2019. That's not a good look. It isn't the smartest of things to do. Yeah, it's definitely not smart to say, like, what team is going to want to run with that, you know? Yeah, he, 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 he won for that, man. But, yeah, that's either here nor there, man. He's, he's not the, uh, the, the topic of this show, man. So we, we had a little bit of a debate before we started recording, man. There's, you know, there's, there's a couple of other candidates that we can put in that, you know, of course, you know, that, that, that no-brainer class, man. So next up, man, we got Mr. Jonathan Taylor. So how come, how come he wasn't in that, of course, he'll be nice? Now, before we get into this, we're not saying that Jonathan Taylor's not going to eat and all that kind of stuff. So pump the brakes, hold the horses, relax. Yeah, for yeah, a second, man. Yeah. So I have I have players above Jonathan Taylor. Um, I know his ADP. I've seen him go in the first round in multiple drafts this year. Um, easy money. Easy. So yeah, let's talk about it. In PPR, he was the sixth ranked back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, down the stretch of the season, I think week 11 and going, he was completely dominant. You know, they were feeding him the ball a lot, right? Week 17, which didn't count for us last year, but week 17 will count this year, I believe. Oh, no, no, it won't. It's still oh, week 18, whatever. I forget it. You know, we got to figure out the new schedules now with the extra game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, week 17 last year, he put up 253 yards at 30 touches. That didn't help us none. But even in uh, the championship week in week 16, he put up double-digit points. Like, you know, he had two touchdowns, 74 yards. So, like, he was solid. He was very solid. But my major concern, mm-hmm. okay, this is just my concern. He hasn't done a lot of receiving work in this offense. Okay, okay. Um, Naeem Hines is that third, you know, that third down guy catching those balls out of the backfield. They have a lot of plays for Naeem Himes. And Marlon Mack, who was the RB1 before Jonathan Taylor came, um, you know, he's back coming from the Achilles. Now, hear me out, bro. I'm not saying Marlon Mack is stealing a lot of work from Jonathan Taylor. I am not saying that. But Marlon Mack is not a bum-ass running back. Okay. Excuse my language. So, <clears throat> like, that's why for me, I'm, I am I personally have Taylor a lot lower than anybody, probably anybody right now, just because of his receiving threat. But that's, that's just where I'm at, man. So I have, I, have, I have a lot of plays ranked ahead of him. That's real, man. You know, you know just a couple of the, the easy stats, man. The, he had, the, you know, the five yards per carry on the season. I mean, he was still one of, what, eight – Running backs of on the season last year to to reach the thousand yard mark with eleven sixty nine. So we had you know thousand thousand yards on on the season, eleven touchdowns. Um, but there was that three week period where he was pretty bad, like to the point where I was trying to buy him low. You know what I'm saying? And people were like, you know, we saw it on a weekly basis, and you listen to the podcast on the on the weekly basis, like you know the the, the big podcast. A lot of the start sit questions and you know should I keep or should I cut? Taylor was a lot was was on a lot of those you know one of those questionnaires. So um, and a lot of people thought about dropping him. I mean, you know I think some people actually did drop him. So 
you know, it, it wasn't always there. So he, he did have a crazy end of the season. Um, overall, he's going a little bit too high. However, I'm high on Jonathan Taylor going into the season. You can still be, he's still one of the, the best pure rushers in the league. And just considering that division. So I know we don't want to talk about, you know, straight to schedule, blah, blah, blah. You're facing the Texans twice a year. You're facing the Jaguars twice a year. And you're facing a rebuilding Titans defense twice a year. That's six out of 17 games where you're going to have plus matchups. Those can come in handy. And if you look, you know, i got to bring up his, his schedule real quick. Y'all want to bear with me. But, you know, if you, if you look at his end of the season, he had some of those games were divisional. So, you know, that really accounted for um, a lot of points. So we look at it, look, in week 11, he played Houston twice. Remember what I told you? And then he played, he played Jacksonville. So from week 11 to week 17, that's three games. And in those three games, he played Houston twice. He played Jacksonville once. And like you said, week 17 didn't count for anything, but he had 250-plus yards, two touchdowns. Week 13, 16 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. And then in week uh, – well, I was 15, I'm sorry. And then week 13, he had 13 carries, 91 yards. You know what I'm saying? So those divisional matchups are going to come they're, – they're going to they're gonna play a part in this season at some point. And – that's that's going to mean something, but overall, he is being drafted um, super high. So he is, and don't get me wrong, people. I do think he is nice. Like his second half of the season, there's a lot of growth from him mm-hmm. um, as a runner. I saw him. I forget which game it was, but he had a beautiful run where he broke down somebody in open field. Like you know, there was some growth for him, um, and maybe I'm overthinking it. Because even with those limitations, you know, he was still, what we say, what was he ranked five, fifth or sixth running back in the league, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So even with those limitations, he was still very good. Um, but this is where I'm at right now. It is very subject to change over the next few weeks. Because just because this is how I'm seeing it now, you know, as training camp goes, as preseason comes, my feelings might change. Because, uh, you know, this team, they have a really good defense and they have a strong old line. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the work is there for him to be fed for sure. Right. So I'm just, I'm just a little hesitant. Yeah, that's real, man. So, hey, look, Jonathan Taylor's going to be nice and it's not really um, going to be an issue. So it's, you know. He's going to be nice, man, y'all. But he is just being drafted a little bit too high. He was the top-ranked rookie. That's that's why for sure. So we'll, we'll see. A lot of TDs. All right, man. So that was it for Mr. Taylor, man, Mr. JT. So where are we going next, man? Man, probably one of the bigger hype trains. Yeah, uh, happening. Antonio yeah. Gibson. Yeah, this is my guy, man. This is my guy. So, 
Um, it's been coming out that they want to get Mr. Gibson, the former wide receiver, more involved into the passing game. Again, we've heard these type of things before, year after year. Um, it's just always that, you know, if they feel good, the fuzzies, trying to get this person more involved in the passing game. But then we also heard about the, the, the toe still being an issue. I'm not worried about the toe, bro. I'm not worried about it. He's still running full speed. He's still cutting. He's looked good. It hasn't held him back in camp so far. So um, how do you feel about Gibson, man? I like him. Yeah. Um, I think for me what's concerning, you know, he, you know, he was really consistent at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But there was a stretch of games, week 7 to 12, where he was – damn dominant and then he hit the pinnacle of hype in dallas when he had that three touchdown performance on Mm -hmm. dallas and Mm -hmm. he was amazing but the last three weeks and you know we talk about the championships he was not there and granted the toe was flaring and that was ailing him so i think that was a big part of his demise down the stretch of the season but it's definitely something we should call out um, but that being said, he's a TD machine, you know, he's going to get the goal line work. Um, so, you know, touchdowns are money, you know what I mean? And, but there was concerns because guess what? JD McKissick's still there. Yes. And JD McKissick stole a lot of receiving work, bro. Yeah. Um, he, he did. And one thing that I, I will say is um, the touchdown is probably not going to be sustainable. Um, he had 795 yards on 170 carries. So, you know, he was, he was on par for the league average. My problem is, you know, they, of course, they ease him into the, the workload. But on the season, he only had more than 15 carries like four times. So that's one of my, my biggest concerns. Um, my my bigger concern, like probably the biggest of them all, is this offense. Like, are they going to be that much different, that much better, to where they're going to be in better passing situations? They're, they're going to be in more uh, scoring situations. So, you know, they have the addition of Ryan Fitzmagic. You know, they brought in De'Ami Brown and they brought in Curtis Samuel. Uh, so you would want to say that you know the offense has improved, but until I see it. Um, it's going to be kind of hard to say that he's going to take this 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 massive leap. Um, the offense really wasn't that impressive last season. So coming into this season, we know uh, part of my language, but we know Mr. Fitzmagic is going to heave that hoe. But you know, at the at the same time, if it's interceptions, you know, that that really could change a lot. So, but it is. You hear it from the running backs coach and you hear it from Rivera that he's making major strides. And, you know, there's coach speak, but then there's certain positive coach speak that you really can't, you really have to actually actually listen to. So, you know, his wheels up. One of the guys in our dynasty league, he asked, you know, is anybody selling, selling any Gibson stock? I'm not told no toe, whatever. I'm I'm holding at this point. You gotta you gotta hold and and really see what you have. So that's where I'm at with them, man. 
you know, I'm, I'm just curious what this offense can do. Like, if you look at J.D. McKissick, he led the league in targets for running backs. Bro, he was getting wide receiver one love out here. Yeah, he had 110. J.D. McKissick had 110 targets. He was second. So he led the league in rent targets for a running back. Then he had the second most catches at 80. Only Kamara was higher. And he was second in the league receiving for a running back at 589. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is that's my big – like, I hear them that they're saying they got this role for Antonio Gibson. Um, but J.D. McKissick went out there and showed him that he can play ball. Right. And – Good football players find a way on the field. I don't. So it's like I hear them hyping him, but good. They find a good way. They find a way to get good players to play. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's all I'm saying. So I'm curious to see if they're gonna they're gonna work. If they're really gonna give this guy some looks at receiving, I'm just curious about that because they, they would blatantly take him out and put JD in. Yeah, but the wide receiver background, you would hope that this kind of coach speak can actually come to fruition. You know, we, we heard the coach speak and we saw, you know, the hype with Ronald Jones last year. I remember watching him, one of the videos of him running routes and, you know, X, Y, and Z, but, you know, with, 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 with Gibson actually coming from that, that kind of a background, you would hope, you know, that's, that's really the case. So, but like I said, I'm holding. I'm, I'm gonna see what I have, and if I, you know, go down with the ship and crash and burn, cool. But if not, and he is, you know, the next best thing, then bet, then bet. You know, what I'm saying he's on, he's on the squad. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Who we got up next, though? Speaking of seeing where they go from there, man, we got Mister uh, Mister J.K. Man, Mister J.K. Dobbins, the Ohio State Buckeye with the Ravens, man. Um, people are actually like continuously lowering how they feel about JK. How how you feel? Well, you know, we talk about how he started on the year, you know, uh, you know, two TD game off bat. And then after that, his usage was very low, mm-hmm. um, for a while on the season. That's because they wanted to get Mark Ingram that love out there. They did. They did. They slowed it down, but from like week 11 on he was on mm-hmm. just just consistent rb2 numbers really right mm-hmm. just um he didn't get a lot of receiving love but he was running the ball uh you know double digits i think you know he the thing with jk and just the raven offense in general gus edwards gets a lot of love um lamar jackson obviously gets a lot of love in the run game so it kind of capped JK because, you know, he's getting like these 10 to 15 touches a game. And that was it. That was it. Um, and then like, you know, you saw him break a hundred something yards for the second time in, in week 17 off 13 touches, mm-hmm. which that's just unreal. And but, I, don't think, I don't think Lamar Jackson was playing that game either. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of that came a lot of that came from one play, too. Yeah, 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 and that's a good call out. That's good to call out. So that that's definitely not like like an, a sustainable number. So I think my biggest thing is, you know, I think about running backs that do damn good with minimal out of not running backs, just players in general 
you know, in, in, the, in fantasy, we say volume is king, right? That's mm-hmm. always the phrase. JK's volume wasn't that great. But another player whose volume isn't that great, but just happens to always be dominant, is a, a player like Aaron Jones, right? right? So I think of a guy like that. I think the biggest difference between, like, Aaron Jones's volume and uh, JK's volume Aaron Jones be getting that wide receiver work. I'm not wide receiver work, but he get those receiver looks. Mm-hmm. Everything that we're reporting this year, it seems like JK could kind of be on some. I'm not, and I'm not comparing to Aaron Jones, but I mean that those types of touches. Does that make sense? Right. Like he can get a couple of passes. Yeah, because think about it. You know, he's he had the double digits points from week 11 to week 17. Now imagine if he got three three to five catches a game. In a PPR, you know, instead of being RB2, he's close to RB1 now, you know? Right. And one thing that I will say is that he also, you mentioned that he tapped 100 yards for like the second season. The first, I think the first time he did it, if I'm not mistaken, it was against the Steelers. So, um, and he had like 20 carries, if I want to say, if I'm recalling that right. So um, it's there. And, you know, I had mentioned Antonio Gibson getting 100, I'm sorry, 170 carries and taking it, you know, for 795 yards. Uh, J.K. had 805 yards in the season with 130 carries. Like, that's, that's a cra- six, six yards per carry. That's a crazy uh, efficiency. And with the, with the Ravens being one of the most run-heavy teams last year with 555 carries, there's enough for him to have a role and be really, really good. Um, ultimately, man, it's, it just comes down to, you know, one, one thing that, that I, I will say about the Ravens is that their coach speed, they actually back that up. I've been following JK, you know, in the off season last year and the reports where he at, you know, initially before the season started was like, he's going to have a significant role. And in the first game of the season, he had two touchdowns, remember? And then in mm-hmm. like midway through the season after Ingram had that injury, they said that it was reported that JK was going to have uh, an expanded role. And then what happened? His role got expanded. Now in this off season, they were talking about they want to work on the passing game. And one thing the Ravens have done, they just had bad luck at doing it, but they've been drafting wide receivers for years. They drafted uh, Duvernay, Prochet, uh, Marquise Brown, now they draft Rashad Bateman and they draft and they draft uh Tylen Wise. So they're they're trying to establish the, the passing game. They establish the passing game. Guess what? That opens it up for the run game. So And I honestly think they got the right one this time with Bateman, but I hope so, man. Because my thing is do you think they can actually change course and start passing the ball more? Do you think that's they're a gonna possibility? Have to. If they if they want to get to where they want to be, they're gonna have to, um, and I think that's gonna reap benefits for J.K. Because if the listeners have been listening, because you know we we got our ears to the streets, like we mm-hmm. said, you know he's gonna you know this is a committee backfield, him and Gus are handling the running duties, and on the receiving downs, him and Justice Hill mm-hmm. are gonna be handling it. So. 
Um, he's going to – I really think if, if, if they're going to pass like they say they want to pass, because that's something we've heard the coach speak say, they want to pass more. And like you mentioned, they have the receivers that keep drafting, and they invested highly this year. Um, if they do, I, I really think that just means still more positive gains for J.K. Dobbins, if not more. Um, because one thing that Lamar Jackson had problems with was throwing to the outside. Mm -hmm. Now I do think, you know, with some better receivers, who knows, but his, he was very inaccurate outside the numbers, mm -hmm. but you know, if he can get a nice check downs, a couple check downs to JK game. And if he can keep that production with his, uh, you know, 10 to 15, uh, touches from the backfield, bro, the sky's the limit for JK. It, it, it is man. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell people right now. Everybody, you know, when I'm, when I'm on Facebook, when I'm on Twitter, everybody's like, J.K. Dobbins, he's going to, he's going to fall off. Blah, 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 blah. Look, there's, he can, he showed for six weeks that he can eat in spite of Lamar Jackson being there. But everybody's so stuck on RB1, RB1, RB1. Look, you need an RB2. Sometimes you need a safe RB2. And what RB2 is better than somebody that's tied to one of the most run heavy, even if the passing experiment fails this year and they go back to running the ball, what worse RB2 is there than the JK? Draft him as an RB2, nothing more. If you put yourself in a situation where you're counting on him as your number one, that's your problem. That's true. That's just how I feel about it, man. That's your Tell problem. Him. So we talked about JK Dobbins. He was a second round pick, man. And um, I was, he, 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 he was picked, what, two spots after this next guy, Mr. Cam Akers. I was hoping that the, my Rams would have picked JK in the second round so I can get that Ohio State meets Los Angeles Rams jersey, JK. But we got Cam instead, man. And the, the hype on Cam is just about as high as anybody so how you feeling about mr Akers? i feel good about him you know if you look at the last five weeks of the season he was the number two running back okay um so that means he finished strong and of course right and you know i think that's going to just build him nothing but momentum going into this next year um mm -hmm. Especially as they hype him, like in minicamp, you know, they were lining him up at wide receiver. They're talking, they were praising his hands and what he's able to do out of the backfield. Um, you know, Matt Stafford's not immune to, you know, he is a deep ball king, but, you know, DeAndre Swift still ate with him last year. Um, and I think it's no different for Cam Akers. I really don't know, you know, Daryl Henderson's there and he's got a other couple guys back there, but I don't really. I think this is going to be a sneaky pick, man. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm, everybody, I've heard people talk about the Todd Gurley comparisons. You can't compare them. What Todd Gurley did when he did it was was TG. It was, was TG3. It was special. You can't compare it. Um, but I do think Cam Akers is going to be very good. And you know they, they like to run that zone scheme. And, man, I'm hyped for him, you know. We'll just see, make sure he can stay healthy, but I'm hyped for him. Yeah, um, he he's one of those guys where you have to hold him and keep her in dynasty formats. Like, that, the hype has gotten to that point. Like, you, you can't move him unless you get a haul. But if he turns out to be a girly-esque player, 
when then you just moved a very valuable piece. You know what I'm saying? So you, at this point, I'm holding him this, this, just to see what I have, man. Playing the devil's advocate, he had 625 yards and 145 carries. 171 of those yards came in one game against uh, the Patriots. So it's a, it's, it's a little skewed. Now, granted, you know, he had the, the – I think he had, like, separated cartilage in his ribs, some kind of crazy injury. I'm not sure how you pull that off. Um, but here, here's what I here's what I will say is that can we really trust McVay? I'm not sure. Look, Henderson was drafted what two years ago in the third round, right? And that's when they still had Gurley. That's when Gurley was come up that little issue with his knee, I, I think. So that's that's when they drafted Henderson. Then the very next year they draft another running back around higher. So the draft capital can speak for itself. It should be acres, you know, that just to crack at it, they, they just crack at, at the workload. They got rid of Malcolm Brown. So like, like I said, man, at this point, you got to see what the hype is about. If you have them, keep them. Um, if you move them, make sure you get a damn good haul. And we'll see what where, where we go from there, man. Yes, sir. Let's see. All right, who we got next? So, uh, man, let's go ahead and let's let's go ahead and look. This team, they just hate running backs. I can't even think of the last good running back they had since what? Barry Sanders. I mean, the the Lions drafted <laughs> Mr. DeAndre Swift in the second round of the 2020 draft. 521 yards this past season. Um, it's a decent, you know, sneaky PPR back with uh, three receptions in all games that he played except one, man. This is your guy, man. How you feel about Mr. Swift? You know, I think, um, you know, they're bringing him on very slow to start the season. Uh, but even though when they were bringing him on slow, you, you, you saw something special in him, man. You know, look, he had – Six touches week, uh, yeah, six touches week one, mm-hmm. 10 touches week two, double digit points, right? And a lot of it was from receiving, but then you know, he um, he was ba- he battled the concussion and he was battling that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but like before that, he was starting to get hot, you know, just basically. So, okay, let's do it like this he, he played 13 games. Of those 13, he only had two games under 10 points. Right. He was a very solid RB2 last year. Um, and I think there's a lot of concern with Jamal Williams being back there. Um, for me personally, I'm fine with that. I think DeAndre Swift is going to be an amazing PPR back that's going to also run the ball too. Um, I think he's going to find ways to eat. I just think he's that type of player that he's he's special. I'm not saying he's going to be like, a top 10 running back this year. I don't know if that's possible, mm-hmm. but I do feel if you get him in space, if you get him that ball in space, it's a problem. He, cause he can run routes. He was running out of the slot last year. He was running dope routes out of the backfield. He's just a mismatch out of the backfield, man. He's a, he's a walking catch, man. Um, and I do want to stress this point. You know, yes, it's Anthony, you know, again, Anthony Lynn. I keep, I've been saying it all off season. 
you saw what he did with LaShawn McCoy. You saw, you know, how he was deploying those running backs with the Chargers. You know, he was running the hot hand a lot, which he said that's going to happen here. Um, mm-hmm. But even the head coach, the head coach is from New Orleans. He said he's he wants to bring some of what made New Orleans successful to Detroit. And my man, tell me what made New Orleans successful. Sure, it's having part that, of the things. Well, it's, it's having those those that uh, lightning and thunder running backs, man. Um, Absolutely. It was having that Mike Ingram Kamara, you know, that that type of combo, and I. I I know you had said that you're not really phased about Jamal Williams. I will tell you right now, as an Aaron Jones owner for the past couple of years, Jamal Williams is absolutely a nuisance because he is just a, he's just good enough to be annoying on a regular basis. So, um, Swift, RB two, like you said, man. Yeah, um, RB two, and and the thing with the Aaron Jones thing, yeah, man. The thing with the Aaron Jones thing, everybody needed him to always be the RB one. So that's why it was those types of issues. If you you know what you're getting with Swift is my is my opinion. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. So I think he's going to be, and, and then you know the offense as a whole, like Rams fan here, man. Golf is not it. Golf is not it, and I'm not sure what yeah, the Lions were thinking. That offense, man, I do not know how that's going to pan out. The, the scoring situations, you know, it's – I don't know. But I, I do know that Swift, he has the talent to overcome a lot of stuff. So, you know, and, and the, the draft pedigree is there. He's going to get it. He's going to get the chances. Um, but like like you said, man, he made he made his living, you know, in, in the in the PPR world too. He had a lot of receptions, you know, for a rookie. So mm-hmm. um I'm pretty sure some JK Dobbins owners would love that, some Josh Jacobs owners would love that, you know, some Antonio Gibson owners would have loved that last year. So hey, you know, we'll see what this season has in store, man. And um the next guy we're going to bring up, man, as far as seeing what it has in store, I don't know what Urban Myers is, is up to. I'm not sure why he's doing what he's doing. They didn't have to do my boy James Robinson like that, man. But we got James Robinson coming up. Um, how, what's the word with Mr. With Mr. Robinson? And so, so we have him ranked seven right now. Now, granted, he was – right behind Jonathan Taylor, you know, Jonathan Taylor was ranked six in PPR. James seven was ranked seven. I really liked James Robinson last year was not able to get him, but you know, power running back that definitely has soft hands as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Broke a thousand yards, had four, four games with over a hundred yards rushing. Um, he was super consistent on the year, man. Just a very consistent running back. Um, however, however, I'm a little worried. Yeah. Because you gotta be. You gotta be. Who, Travis Etienne is there, and he's just a monster, man. He's he is a walking, just you know he. he he's a play waiting to happen. Is all I think I'm he was our favorite rookie running back coming out of the. Coming into the draft. Yeah. Most he had the he was definitely the most experienced. Him and um 
Larry Roundtree with the most experienced running backs coming out this mm-hmm. year. Um, and Etienne, you know, the numbers were crazy in college. And, you know, they're, again, we talked about how they were going to use Swift. Mm-hmm. Etienne as well, they're, they're talking about deploying him in different ways. So I think he's going to steal some touches, but I do still feel James Robinson is going to be that first down, second down role. Um, he still may get third down touches because, um, you know, they're going to use Etienne all over that line of scrimmage. So I don't know, man. I'm, I would still get him because I think so many people are going to sleep on him and, and reach for Etienne, which is understandable, and forget that James Robinson's still going to get that work. Um, but also, did you hear Urban Meyer was hyping Carlos Hyde too? Did you hear that? Oh, oh, my God. What is Carlos Hyde in the league, like <laughs> – Eight years. What, what is he hyping this man for? He he really thinks uh, that Carlos Hyde could be very serviceable for them. This is just this is the epitome of coach speak, man. This is the epitome of coach speak. I, look, every mind is about to destroy that franchise even more than what they already are, man. Ah, uh, man, look, yeah, man. So that's. That's why I'm worried about James Robinson a little bit. You know what I mean? Because if he really tries to deploy three backs, I'm worried. Yeah, because it's really excessive. Like, that's, that's, that's doing a lot. Look, Robinson was an undrafted free agent rookie, man, that put up 1,070 yards on, on, the, on the ground. Um, he was, like I said, one of eight running backs. There was nine players last year that break 1,000 yards. Lamar Jackson was one of them. So one of eight running backs to top a thousand yards so what was the issue man like etn that that pick man of no fault of his own it, it just really crushed robinson it, it was really really crazy so but you know i think it can be a very good value pick i think people are going to be really disappointed you know um drafting etn so so highly um when i think robinson is still going to have a significant role. I mean, it's, it's I on tape, and it's, it's yeah, man, it's, it's on tape, and it's in the numbers, man. You know, it's Robinson's going to he could very easily be a very very sneaky sneaky value pick. And since we're on the topic of value picks, man, we can go into our next tier, the tier three honorable mentions. Mister Zach Moss, did you see the hype on him as like a couple of days ago? No, what was the hype? Yo, the hype is the Bills might commit to a running back and Zach Moss is probably going to be the guy to get that lead back role. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, man. You know, at, when he was coming out of college, uh, he led the NCAA in broken tackles. You know, mm-hmm. he was a, a tackle-breaking machine. And, you know, he had a rough year, man. He was battling the injuries. And so, um, and then, you know, uh Josh Allen had that whole, he went to another level mm-hmm. um, and I, and people need to give, we'll talk about this later, but, you know, shout out to Stefan Diggs for helping Josh Allen get to that next level. Um, but, you know, we'll see, man, homie was battling injuries. He's missed a lot of the off season already because he's recovering from surgery. But I say we got to keep an eye out and see how he does in training kit. Cause I, I do think he can be the guy he's built to be the guy. He is, man. But it's, I believe that when I see it, Josh Allen is just taking too many touchdowns away. Um, it would be nice, though, 
you know, and I think he would be a value pick right up there with James Robinson because those guys, people aren't really checking for those two. So if they can carve out an early role and and be uh, healthy and efficient, um, you have a very good running back as far as your, you know, that that they're running back for that fourth running back in your team. But that really comes in, yeah, man. comes in handy if you had to really, you know, if you really weren't in that draft position to to get those three good running backs early. So, so, um, was that a hiccup? <laughs> but no, but uh, it, he he could be really, we'll see. really really good. And their their run their run offense was not good at all last year. No. Um, as far as like their O line, their O line was not good running the ball. So that's something, you know, I can't definitely put it on the running backs, him and Devin, but we'll just have to see, man. I don't think they made too many improvements to their O-line to make me feel differently. So we'll see if coaching gets them better. We'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I would love to believe it, especially since I just drafted him as like my fourth running, my my third or fourth running back. So I would love to have a a lead back at, at the position where I got him, but I am not banking on it. I'll tell you that much. I am not banking on it. So our other honorable mention, man, out of Green Bay, Mr. A.J. Dillon. Bro, we were so close to seeing Dillon, like, absolutely unleashed. Like, we had that game where they played the Titans, and he had the two-touchdown, crazy productive game. Championship week. Yeah, and we were like, yo, this dude's going to be a problem. And then the whole offseason, yo, they're not going to re-sign Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones turned down the contract. Aaron Jones turned down his contract. They missed the window, the, the franchise tag him. He's a free agent. And then he re-signed. And Dylan's like, value just plummeted in, in the in dynasty world, man. How you feel about AJ? Mm. Well... I think he's going to be serviceable. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Jamal Williams, I, I think that's why they let Jamal Williams go. I think, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Aaron Jones is going to be his usual. Um, and But then I think A.J. Dillon, he can be a guy, right, where he can finish off games. You know, you see those running backs that just pound the rock and they just finish the game and they just are beastie. He's built for that. Mm -hmm. And this team could really do that, you know. So I I think I'm hype about that backfield. I think they're going to lean on them heavy, him and Aaron Jones. That's my opinion. I just thought about it. What if we have a a Mike Ingram Camaro situation here out of Green Bay? I mean, think about it. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You know, they, they've also had uh, A.J. Dillon said he's going to have an expanding role. Um, anything can happen. And, again, Jones' contract is a very t- team-friendly deal. Like, he can be gone within a year or two. So, um, if it's not this year, just, just keep an eye on it. Once again, you know, new regime before took over this team, what, two years ago? Is that right? Yeah. I, I do think he's very draftable. Um, and I think he could be a very, you know, and he's going to go low. And I think he's a sneaky guy because people just see Aaron Jones and they're like, oh, that's it. But what people need to keep remembering, the season has got, excuse me, the season has gotten longer. Mm-hmm. And I know people are like, oh, well, it's just one game. Yeah. 
Well, you got to keep your bags fresh all year. I definitely think A.J. Dillon's going to get a lot of work. I still think Aaron Jones is going to be a beast, mm-hmm. but I think A.J. Dillon's going to get more work than people think. Just my opinion. Again, Jamal Williams is not there anymore. There is a void. Yeah, there is, man. There is. And um, look, the floor handpicked them. He handpicked them in the second round last year. So um, mm-hmm. there's going to be some work for him. And it, it, even if there isn't that much work for him, guess what? AJ Dillon is now that game against Tennessee alone solidified him as one of the most one of the more valuable handcuffs so right now he's in that conversation with the the Pollers and the Tavius Murrays and the Madisons you know you if you can't get Aaron Jones get him a couple of get him you know later on in the draft man so and and bro I don't even think I really look man I'm not even trying to start a hype train I really think he's gonna get a lot of work because Aaron Jones he's not we just talked about the type of load that he takes, he's not going to be a 30 touch guy. No, you know, they were spelling him. Like you were saying, Jamal Williams was so annoying. I really think unless we hear something different, Mm -hmm. I really think he's going to come out there and really be having some games this year. Now I'm not saying he's putting up big numbers and taking Aaron Jones spot, but I do think he's going to have some sneaky games just like a Jamal Williams did. That's real, man. That's real. We're going to go to our, uh, into our, our next tier, the I'm, the I'm good, the 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 hell nah, to the nah nah. Oh hell no, nah. Bruh, Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be relegated to special teams. Special team duty per per one of our previous episodes from uh, we were talking about the coach speak. Bruce Arians said it. He said it himself, man. Look. With coach, with with the uh, with, with the the coach speak and all that stuff, uh, the negative coach speak you can almost take that to the bank. So, and you think about it, look, hey, that's real. <laughs> you got Legarrette Blunt, not Legarrette Blunt. Oh wow, you got Leonard Fournette. Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> you got Leonard Fournette, Ryan Jones, uh, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, Gio. Is McCoy still there? Has he, has he been released? I don't know. I think he, he got cut. I think good. he got cut. Good. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, like, no. No. But again, hey, he it was mad hype. Remember, it was it was I'm, mad hype for Keyshawn Vaughn last year, bro. I really don't think he got a, a fair shake. I think COVID in the preseason really didn't help him out. And, you know, Bruce Arians hates rookies to begin with, so – I don't think he got a fair shake. It's it's sad, man. But you know that's the nature of the beast, man. That's that's the nature of the league. So um, I'm fading him. He's not draftable, is what we're trying to say. I wouldn't draft him in a dynasty startup with my 31st pick. <laughs> yeah, real talk. He's not, not draftable even, until further notice. Not even close. Like not even close. Uh, another player that's not even draftable. Like, I traded for this guy last season, and I still made it to the, the championship. I traded for Josh Kelly, man, and I, I ended up giving up on him like three weeks later, bro. Oh, Josh. I have nothing good to say. No, there, there's nothing good to say at all. I think there was one game where he had like 20 carries, like 60 yards. Like, yo, know, I'm good on him. 
let, let's we, let's see what happens. You know, he's you know he's a year in the league. Look, you know, he had he was great in college. He was really good in college. I'm not gonna say great. He was really good in college. That's all I'm saying, man. I, but listen, I'm, am I drafting him? Absolutely not. <laughs> Unless yeah. y'all draft, we hear something different. Yeah, <laughs> y'all draft. <him. laughs> I wouldn't be surprised I'm if good Brown Tree. Right I, I won't be surprised if Brown Tree's the second running back in that death track. Justin Jackson's been there for years. Uh, Josh he Kelly really didn't do anything. Justin Jackson might get cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's this a, a no contract bueno. year, bro. That's no bueno. Oh wow! This contract year, um, they done drafted Josh Kelly. You know, they got a Eckler. He mm-hmm. got money. Mm-hmm. They drafted Josh Kelly last year. They just drafted Larry Roundtree this year. All of, that's all I'm saying, bro. He might get cut. That's no bueno. We're going to finish this thing off, man, with Mr. LaMichael P. Run. I don't think he had a fair shake either. Um, I know that's your team. I know the Jets is your team, but they weren't that good last year to put him in a situation to where he could excel. So, um, and then they drafted Michael Carter. So, it's. And they, and they signed Tevin Coleman. All right, man. So if you had to draft one of these three that we just said we are absolutely good on, who would it be? Me personally, oh. I think I have my answer. But if you had to draft one, last pick. <laughs> All right. Josh Kelly. You? P. Ryan, man. Oh, P. I, 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 I think it's still going to be a committee. I think, I think Carter's going to win out. But Coleman just the person he's just the death piece there on the roster ty johnson maybe he has a, a better role he's he might be sneaky who knows he uh, he had a couple decent games of the three i would rather roll the dice on piron for a week say that i follow the rules and drafting one and then you know drop him so yeah that's that's who I would roll with. I, if you had a gun to my head and it was like, yo, you got to pick one of these guys, look, I would just pick one and just get it over with. And it'll probably, it'll probably <laughs> be P Ronda. It ain't bad, man. That I'm, I, y'all hear, look, they like, oh, dub, just a Jets fan. But okay, that old line has been completely rebuilt. Mm hmm. Yeah, y'all doing a good Beckton, job, though. AVT. Man. Moses, you know what I mean? Like it's hey bro. And this offense is predicated on running the ball. So uh get your shares. Yeah. Get your shares. All right, man. Well, look, we didn't cover the rookies, man. I'm sorry, the rookies. We didn't cover the second year running backs. Yo, we got a, a lot of a lot of good ones. We got some some that are, you know, the good, bad, and the, the super ugly. But uh, overall, man, I'm, I'm ready to roll, man. Look, you can only draft one of these second-year guys who you going with. Oh, brother. Oh, one. I'm going... Oh, dude, this is tough. Sorry, I know I'm on the spot. All right, I'm doing it. I'm going Antonio Gibson. 
You going Gibson? I'm going Gibson. Yeah, what about Gibson. you? I'm going to go CEH, man. Uh, I love Gibson. That's my guy. I got him in like everything I can get him in. But like I said, man, I really want to be tied to this Chiefs offense, man. And and the value that you're going to get CEH because everybody's going to be like, no, nah, he burned me. He missed the games. He, you know, had a couple of dead games. Look, I would rather take him in like the third or the fourth round and have a really good, you know, potential third uh, option at running back, depending on how my league is set up. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. considering the age and everything, that's, that's, that's for Howard. Obviously I would love to have Gibson. I would love to have Taylor. I would love to have Dobbins, Akers, Swift, uh, but if I had to, that's probably where I would go would be with, with CEH. There's just so much more upside there. I agree. I I, I don't think we I don't think either of us are wrong. It, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah, just as long as it's not uh Keyshawn Vaughn, we good. Hey, all right. So that we we said that if there was an RB one you had to get out of the group, you saying CEH, I'm saying Antonio Gibson. Right. We both do feel that there are RB twos out of the sophomore class, who's the RB2 that you get? RB2 is JK. RB2 is JK just because if all else fails and they can't pass the ball, you got a solid, solid running back as your RB2 that could have RB1 outside any given week. Um, I mean... I like it. Obviously, it could be Acres. It should be Acres. Um, but just the guaranteed volume that Dobbins would get. You know, that's, that's where I would roll. Who you got? You know, I'm going to go. I was really – I like the Dobbins one. I really do. Um, I really, really do. I'm going to go with Swift. Here we go. Um, I, I really – listen, I know people going to call me crazy, but, you know, I'm, I'm going a different direction than a lot of people feel on this, and I feel real comfortable with it because I, I, I watched the tape on Swift. He is – explosive and I really feel they're going to get that ball to him in space. And if you see what the mismatch he is mm -hmm. on linebackers. So this is, this is what I'm saying of all the second year backs we talked about the most dynamic receiver out of all of them on film last year is Deandre Swift of mm -hmm. all of the people we've mentioned on this list. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just trust what my eyes see right now. It's a lot of coach speak and it's a lot of hype for these other guys and what they plan to do from the receiver position. Um, but I know what we're going to see with Deandre Swift. So that's why I'm going to take him at my RB2. I think it's going to be as long as he's healthy, consistent RB2 double digit production. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> well, look, man, it's a good episode. We done covered a lot of these sophomore running backs. We done made our case for who we think is going to be the RB1, the RB2, and who's going to be the RB held off. So, uh, yo, <laughs> it's been good talking football with you. Once again, people, check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, CastBox, at the Gridiron Roundtable. Catch us on Instagram at the Gridiron Roundtable and Twitter at Grid Roundtable. Yo, man. It's been real. We got the Always. second year of wide receivers up next, and it's about to get woo, heavy, dog. Get silly. Let's do it, bro.
Hey, that boy said, I don't even know what he's like. He did that stupid little dance. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Yo, we out. <laughs>